0: We are here to talk about fear, spine-chilling or downright campy, from the perspective of the monsters under your bed. Throughout the season of The Witch, we'll bite into our favorite slashers, ghosts and ghouls, and compare them to their remakes. Prepare for chills. You are now entering the horrifying soundscape that is Halkon Scarathon. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We hope that you're enjoying the Scarathon series as much as we are. Today, we are talking about one of the greatest horror movie remakes of all time. The Thing from Another World was a 1951 science fiction horror film based on the John W. Campbell Jr. novella, Who Goes There? However, in 1982, master horror director John Carpenter took a swing at his own version of the chilling story. And boy, was it good. Not only did Carpenter make a movie better than the original, but also made one of the greatest science fiction horror movies of all time. In 2011, the franchise was revisited with a new entry, this time a prequel to John Carpenter's film. So without further ado, it's time to take a look at the quote-unquote franchise that is The Thing. How oh, do you yeah. feel about this? Do you, would you consider this a franchise exactly?
1: Um. Well, they're not super related. The last one, like Kind of tries to be, yeah. Um, but like they, there there are three and they have similar titles, so they can be a <laughs> franchise,
0: <laughs> right? I'm trying to think of like the five best movie franchises, like uh, or the five best horror movie franchises, and I want to count this because I think this is it's one of the better ones for sure. But yeah. I don't know if it quite counts so much. But yeah, you know i'll make it count
1: there's yeah i mean they're definitely if they're not all completely related with story because like that yeah. first one obviously is completely different but there's still ideas and themes there that are similar so exactly
0: what did they say on community it was like six seasons in the movie yeah this has got three movies in a book so eh, close enough that's a franchise
1: you know? That's a franchise.
0: A franchise in my <laughs> eyes. Um. So I feel like you've said before. Me. I might be mistaken. Is this one of your favorite movies?
1: Oh yeah, hands down. Okay, it's That's so totally good.
0: Fair. This one would probably be one of my favorites if I if I had seen it more than twice, you know. And this is one I'm gonna keep going back to because I watched this last night and oh my god, this movie, uh, the remake obviously, is fantastic. It's so yeah. so good. It's like, oh my God.
1: It might be, I don't know. I always go back and forth between Halloween and The Thing as like my favorite John Carpenter movie, but I also haven't seen everything he's done, so. That's true.
0: I feel like those are his strongest two movies. Um, Halloween is definitely my personal favorite, but. Yeah, I always hop between that. Yeah, this one, this one is definitely up there, and I mean, <clears throat> I love when John Carpenter and uh, Kurt Russell work together because
1: yeah, this is I like mean, part of their trilogy.
0: It's part of their trilogy, right? What did they do together? They did Escape from New York,
1: Big the, Trouble they, in Little China,
0: Big Trouble in Little China. Did they do another one as well?
1: Um, not that I know of. Those are the ones I've seen at least.
0: Oh yeah, no, they. I don't think they did another one. Um, but that's okay. We still got three really really fun movies. Um. I need to rewatch Big Trouble, and I need to rewatch Escape from New York, but I, I do remember liking them, so...
1: They're so different in terms of Kurt Russell. Like <laughs> It's kind of amazing that... I, I love the way John Carpenter uses... It. Oh, no, they did do a fourth one. John Carpenter did like a made-for-TV Elvis movie oh, with shit, Kurt that's Russell. Right. I don't know if that really counts, because I think it was for TV.
0: Oh, that's true. But they also did Escape from L.A.
1: And, and Escape from L.A., so yeah, there's so, there's there's more than 3.
0: There's like 5, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I like uh, the way Carpenter uses him a lot in oh, all yeah. of those cuz he he really he shifts his his personality in really great ways. Like I like how Escape from New York, he's kind of like like a Clint Eastwood type of character. And then yeah. Big Trouble in Little China, he's like a goofy he's more of like a John Wayne kind of cowboy like he's doing a goofy <laughs> impression of John Wayne.
0: Yeah. And he, yeah, I like that. He what's he like a truck driver in that, yeah. movie or something like that. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the thing, he's just he's just a badass. He's just
1: yeah. He's the Kurt thing, Russell man. The thing might be his most grounded in Carpenter stuff because he is just kind of like this this guy who who doesn't care about anything. Who maybe yeah. is like a little bit of a nihilist, like.
0: Yeah, he does. He is playing what? Like chess master at the beginning and he pours his drink <laughs> on the machine and ruins it. Like he destroys a machine because because he lost a game.
1: Yeah, and how much was a computer in the 80s, too? It's not like everyone yeah. had one.
0: <laughs> That's what I was thinking for like the rest of the movie. Like I was just I would love it if that was like a recurring joke in the movie where it was like at the very beginning he he destroys the computer and then one of the one of the guys comes up he's like did you did you break chess did you break the chess machine? I like, wanted no. to play that. He's like, Yeah, I wanted to play that. And then like the rest of the movie, like things people keep like dying and whatnot, and it's like, well, I guess the best thing we can do is not think about it. I guess I'll go play chess master. Oh wait, I can't. Because somebody <laughs> ruined it for me. And it's just like every scene it keeps coming back to that. You know, he's got like his gun to it and whatnot. He's like, Don't be an asshole don't do to me what you did to chess master like that's what i want just, the just a recurring bitterness
1: just a character sky. drama of like a bunch of guys trapped in the Antarctic and they can't play chess master anymore
0: <laughs> it's like the lighthouse yeah yeah the, the break the break of uh sanity is kurt russell pouring his drink on the chess master computer and it's like oh now you've really crossed the line.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great character introduction. Might be one of my favorites. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. I like that he says cheating bitch, too. I'm yeah. like, it's a fucking computer, dude. <laughs> Relax.
1: You just suck. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, no, there are a lot of John Carpenter movies I need to see. Um, Same. I need to see Prince of Darkness. I need to see Starman, Christine, The Fog, and In the Mouth of Madness. So I'm going to see like three or four of those this Halloween.
1: Yeah. Out of those, I think I've only seen the fog, and I really, I really want. I've been meaning to see in the mouth of madness for a while.
0: Oh yeah, I got, I got in the mouth of madness, Christine, and the fog. I have those three on DVD, so those, that's going to be, uh, those are going to be watched this Halloween.
1: That's a must. Um, yeah,
0: maybe even today. Who knows? Mm. Keep the- <laughs> up that John
1: Carpenter mood.
0: Honestly, yeah. And, uh, they live. I need to see again. Okay. Anyway, we, have we've talked about John Carpenter. He's one of the greatest directors of all time. We can easily say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you would agree. Oh um, yeah. I, I think I'm preaching to the choir here with that. I don't think, you know, you're going to say no, you know, he's no Michael Bay, you know, <laughs> anything like that.
1: No, he's a master.
0: He, he is a master. He's one of the best. He's, he's up there with like Craven and Cronenberg, um,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so let's look at the monster movie here like this is this is a very different monster movie because you know this the thing i love about this is that it can change the way it looks to
1: mm-hmm. look like
0: anything or anyone so it's it's interesting in that way because it's like it's almost like a whodunit yep. but it's a monster movie you know and that's what i like about this
1: it's very much a mystery like from the get-go really if we're talking mm-hmm. about the John Carpenter one, like, right away, you're like, what's up with that dog? Why, yeah. why were these Norwegians chasing this dog? Something's fishy here.
0: Yeah, that's the thing I love about the opening of this movie. Is Okay, so, wait, before we get started, are we talking about the 82 and then going back to 51? Or are we going to start with 51 and go to 82?
1: Actually, yeah, let's start with 51. Let's start with 51. I got, I got okay. excited about John Carpenter.
0: Don't we all? You know what? Let's, let's take it back even further. Let's talk about the the novella really quick because yeah there's not much that i have to say about it but we might as well just mention it just because there was a 1938 novella that was released called who goes there so just to briefly kind of give a little background to anybody who doesn't know um it was released in 1938 and it was, uh, it was published in a sci-fi magazine. I believe it was called Astounding Science Fiction. So there's just a little bit of, like, a, a little fun fact for you, um, right there. When I heard the, the name of that magazine, I was like, it sounds like something George McFly would write in, and, like, Back <laughs> to the Future, you know?
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> like, remember at the end, where it's like, he has, like, a really successful book yeah. career? I'm like, that's where it started. Astounding Science Fiction, baby. Um... But yeah, so this this novella I've been reading it the last few days. I'm about halfway through it. It's actually it's a pretty easy read, and I would recommend it to anybody who's in the science fiction horror and that kind of stuff. But in this in this novella, you know it's it's interesting, and the thing that I like is that this is the origin of the idea of the the cells in the alien can imitate uh, people. And okay, whatnot. that's so that's it is a shapeshifter. It is a shapeshifter, which I wanted to mention that before we get into the 1951 mm-hmm. horror movie because in that one it's pretty much just a Frankenstein,
1: yeah, kind of it, thing. It's just this big lumbering monster.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get into
1: 1951. It's a a, a vegetable monster mystery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. It quite is. You know. Um, what did you think of the original though? Like, just starting off, like, what did you think? It was think pretty of
1: it? fun. I think, I think my favorite aspect of it was kind of how, like, incompetent the military looks, which is not something <laughs> that you see nowadays for, in American movies because there's, like, so much military money in movies. But, like, the mm-hmm. fact that they're just, like, they haphazardly blow up the, the spaceship and, like, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I thought that was clever. And some of the effects were cool. It's, it's from the 50s, so I wasn't expecting anything crazy. But uh, that severed arm when they were, like, kind of, like, uh, doing a little autopsy on it. That that was oh, a pretty yeah. cool effect for that era. Oh, and yeah. it starts to, like, wiggle and shit. I thought that looked pretty creepy.
0: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. This is an interesting movie for me to see, at least. Because I haven't actually seen a lot of old, old horror movies, you know? Like, I haven't mm-hmm. really seen the Boris Carloff, is it Frankenstein that he did? Yeah, and or the Bella, was it Bella Lugosi who did Dracula? Was that?
1: Yeah, Bella Lugosi was Bela Dracula.
0: That's right. Okay, so I haven't seen those. I do have them, so I should check them out. I haven't seen like Creature from the Black Lagoon, so I was actually pretty pumped to check this one out because it is like the fifties horror movie. It's where the thing really began, and this movie actually appears in Halloween. Um, yeah, which is which is kind of interesting. So, yeah, this one I was excited to check out. And this one I actually had a lot of fun with. It's not really scary. It's a 1950s horror movie. But at the same time, I mean, this is the type of horror movie that I think should be kind of remade nowadays if they're going to remake horror movies. Because there are a lot in the 50s that just don't really hold up anymore. And it's like, Mm. I feel like you can do a lot with them, you know? Because... No matter what you do to remake them, they will always be in a done in a different way because the '50s were very different how they filmed horror movies and how they went about making them. So yeah,
1: the tech even alone has changed so much that like it it will feel like a different movie.
0: Exactly, and then also you're remaking movies where people, you know they 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 won't sound like. Scotty we need to do this right now like everybody in the 50s sounds like that so they don't really hold up the greatest so if you want to remake a movie I mean those are probably the that's probably the place to start you know
1: yeah do something more modern and like natural sounding than like this this old radio voice
0: exactly I loved it I thought they I heard something like they were trying to make a creature from the Black Lagoon movie or something like that so Mm. I'd be I'd be curious to check it out I think they were talking about like Scarlett Johansson being in it or something I don't know quite a while ago but
1: yeah i mean those those universal monster ones are like even older like those those are way older than even even the thing so that i mean they've had some recent updates obviously they've become like so ingrained in pop culture that we all kind of know what a modern version looks like but yeah creature from the black lagoon is is one that would could use an update i think also that era of the 50s like sci-fi too why not because we don't Sure. We don't see it that much, and the scale that a lot of them try and go for is is hard to pull <laughs> off with their era of of equipment.
0: 100%. That's the thing I've been realizing lately, is I haven't actually seen a ton of these movies that are from, like, the 70s back. Like, I'm kind of mm. I'm a little disappointed how, how few movies I've seen, because I've seen, like, some of the classics, but I haven't seen a ton, and I'd like to see more, so...
1: Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff from the era, even just to see like the the trends that were popular then in horror. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. and the, the nice thing too is like they're mostly pretty short. That's something that was cool oh, yeah. about the thing for another world is it's like you're in and out in an hour and twenty minutes. Like, there's no room for it to get boring.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And that's what I liked about this movie is that it's very engaging. Mm-hmm. And there are some moments. There is this one part, and John Carpenter actually mentioned it. In an interview that he was doing about, like, the making of the thing, and he said in the original, there's this one part where they're standing by a door, and they're like, okay, let's, um, let's make sure, like, like let's, where is he? Like, where's the guy that we're looking for? And they open the door, and he's standing right there, and he just, like, swings his arm and tries to hit the guy, and that part actually was, like, a little bit, like, it didn't necessarily scare me, but, like...
1: It was one of I the bigger on, shocks.
0: It's one of the bigger shocks, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like that was kind of that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I did not expect him to be right there.
1: Yeah, there were some, some a couple of good shocks that got me too. Like that one was was really good. I also thought when uh, when they found the dog like buried in that crate or whatever in the mm-hmm. green room, that part got me too. That was really off putting.
0: Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. This this is a great one. Um, so what else did you like about this? Like, is there, is there anything else that was like really bold and and interesting about this that you were like, hmm?
1: Yeah, I think like that, that, that dead dog was for sure, like more than I was expecting to see in a movie from, from this time. From 1951. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty gruesome. Um, I guess the, the whole plant monster thing kind of goofy, but. They pulled it off well. Like I liked like the breathing plants that they had in the terrarium. Like the oh, plants yeah. had like lungs. I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, this, um, is, a, this
0: is a wacky movie. Yeah, for it sure. It is. But it's very it's very very entertaining.
1: Yeah, I, I I thought it was it it was such a fifties way to look at a creature too, where they're like it evolved from plants, thus it's it has no emotions and it's so much better than man like it's a perfect being like all that stuff it's like okay weird that having no emotions makes you perfect but (laughs) go ahead 50s toxic masculinity (laughs) oh man yeah no this
0: this is just this is definitely one of the best horror movies from like the 60s back probably i would say because i just had a blast watching this movie you know like Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like a light horror movie yeah that's how i saw it anyway and you know the characters aren't super you know they 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 lack depth for sure but like i like the main guy in it like i i don't want him to get killed and i want him to get in the relationship that he's kind of going after is is the relationship kind of forced yeah but you know i don't mind watching it i'm not like eh.
1: there were some cute exchanges between them how like yeah, was, like there's there's some implied backstory that like they had met before and he was like really drunk and embarrassed himself. I thought that was like there there was an interesting layer there more than <laughs> oh, yeah. I expected.
0: For sure, yeah, I I like that. I like that he's tied up in one in one part. What the fuck was that about? Like she tied him up or something, and you're like, yeah.
1: um... Hmm, this was is a like, little
0: much for the 50s, but, you know, maybe... Y- yeah, she's like, last time
1: last time you were drunk and really handsy, so this time, if we're going to be alone, I'll tie you up. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is getting kinky, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that part was, all right, uh, all right. But yeah, no, that that is a relationship I enjoyed mm-hmm. in this movie. If we're moving on to stuff that we didn't love, the mm-hmm. issue I have with all of the Thing movies... There are so many characters that I cannot keep track of anybody. <laughs> like, it is so confusing. Who the fuck is who? Yeah. So, like, they're like, Scotty, bring this over. And I'm like, who's Scotty? Which one is Scotty? Is that the reporter? No? Okay. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think in that original, there's only three characters that kind of, like, I could pick out of the crowd it was, like, the reporter, um, the the main captain, yeah. and then the girl. Like, everyone else, I was like, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is a blur of human bodies,
0: Exactly. Also, just a a note on the main guy. Is it me, or does he look like the love child of William Shatner and Kenneth Branagh? (laughs) Yes. He does. You nailed it. That's all I could think of. I was like, Shatner, Branagh, boom. That's who it is. (gasps) Captain (laughs) Kirk and Hamlet. (laughs) Damn. I think he played Hamlet, right? He played Hamlet.
1: Probably. He played every...
0: He played everything. Every Shakespearean
1: (laughs) character. He should do that. He should do. Kenneth Branagh should do a movie, uh, a Shakespearean adaptation where he plays everyone.
0: (laughs) Like he's Macbeth and he's Hamlet and he's Romeo and he's Benedict from Much Ado About Nothing.
1: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: That would be good, actually. I got to check out this Hamlet movie that he did with, uh, you know, Robin Williams is in and
1: Mm, yeah, I haven't seen that.
0: Jack Lemmon, Billy Crystal, Charlton Heston. What the fuck, man! This this Billy cast. Crystal. Billy Crystal. Oh man, I love that man.
1: Oh, Kate funny.
0: Winslet is in this. What the hell?
1: But yeah, you yeah. nailed that that uh that comparison. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't get you. that out of my head now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so William Brana, yeah, he's really great in this movie. Yes. Um, yeah. No. This is <clears throat> this is a movie. I mean, despite, like, everything that's wrong with it, it is still a really fun movie, and I really enjoyed it. And, like, if you're looking for, like, an old horror classic that's, you know, maybe not scary, maybe it's not going to keep you up at night, but maybe that you want to learn a little bit more about, like, the 50s or the late 40s in terms of horror movies, I would check this one out because it is a really fun movie.
1: It's a great mood for Halloween. I also, the whole time I was watching it... More so than any of the other uh, versions of the thing, it really felt like a snow day movie. You know? If, like, you're stuck home, everything's closed, there's a snowstorm. Put on 1951's The Thing, because it snows a lot. Like, every yeah. every shot, practically, is, like, covered in snow.
0: That's actually true. And where is this one set? Is this set in Alaska? It might be. Oh, they're at the North Pole.
1: Okay. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of a snow day movie. Maybe even a little bit of a Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> Santa might be the thing. Might be Santa. We don't know. There's no confirmation. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah. No, that's actually very true. This is um, man. This is just a fun movie, man. This is just a like a super duper. I, I I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse by saying that, but like I just had a good time with this movie. It's it's just light and fun and fluffy yeah.
1: and yeah. It's light. You're in. You're out in like an hour and twenty. Uh, it sets like a a spooky old-fashioned uh halloween mood but also like a, a a snow day kind of mood like oh don't yeah. go outside it's really cold like yeah it was fun i i actually exactly. enjoyed it more than oh, i yeah. expected to
0: oh yeah no for sure some of these older movies i'm like am i gonna love this or am i gonna be able to sometimes i find them hard to follow because they talk so fast and they talk so differently that it's like
1: what the fuck yeah. is going
0: on it but- can be hard to connect it's gonna be hard to connect for sure, but this one I didn't have that issue. I I found it very very enjoyable and very very fun. So I'm glad I I'm glad I checked it out, and I actually have the DVD of this movie. So I'm glad that I have that, so I can watch it anytime at my leisure. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be nice. I do think uh, it makes
1: for a great companion too, to um like the the John Carpenter one, just to see oh, that inspiration because. Yeah. He loved that movie, so it's it's pretty cool to see what he decided to take and change and then you notice like little nods to it. Mhm.
0: Yeah, so what he wanted to do was um I heard like he he saw this movie and he liked it and he said that in this they kind of just made him like a Frankenstein monster, but in the original it could imitate like people and he's like I want to make it with the imitation like i want to i want to take this idea and put the keep the imitation that was in the original no, novella so mm-hmm. that's what i like i'm glad that he did that because i was i was wondering like oh how are they going to do like the shape-shifting thing and the thing from another world and then i'm like oh they just they just don't <laughs> they just straight up didn't do it you know so i'm like oh, all right but would have been nice to see that but yeah Anyway, that's that's fine. The interesting
1: um, thing, too, um, that I read last night was that in the 70s, they were already trying to remake the thing uh, mm. and they had Toby Hooper attached to it from Texas oh, Chainsaw. Wow. So this was something that was kind of in the works to do like a more modern version of for a while before John Carpenter.
0: Yeah. I mean, I almost wonder if they didn't do the whole shape shifting thing, because I wonder if they just didn't have the budget or if they just in the, or if they just didn't know how to do it. In a way that would be, that would look good in the 1950s. Cause I don't, I don't really know how they would have done that without like the the visual effects that they had in the thing and whatnot of it like shape shifting and becoming this whole thing, you know? Yeah. I, don't know. I feel like it would have been choppy. Like I don't think they would have been able to do a very good job. Plus, I mean, I feel like in the 50s, there were certain things that you couldn't really put in movies. I might be wrong, but
1: yeah. I feel
0: like 1982s. The thing, I feel like that would not fly in the no. 1950s. You know, they would be like, get out.
1: Yeah. I-, I think, too, it might have to do with, like, the trends of the time, too.
0: Exactly. Because
1: there was always, yeah. like, like some kind of alien or, like, one singular being to fight off.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And for that, I-, I do like the movie in that regard. It is slightly disappointing that there is no shape-shifting. But, I mean, at the same time, like... You get this Frankenstein being that they're trying to chase down and he is still a scary guy. I mean, like- his
1: fucking gross ass fingers, like those long fingers. It's so <laughs> nasty. Oh, oh yeah. I-, I have to say my favorite moment, actually, I just remembered oh, yeah. this was when they first uh, decide to light him on fire and they're all in the same room. And they oh, give yeah. the girl just, like, a mattress to hold in front of herself. And they they burn down. They torch the room for, like, a minute. And you know it's real fire because this is the 50s, right? Like, you can't yeah. fake it. They torch a room for, like, a minute. And I swear to God, they, like, l- basically light that girl on fire completely <laughs> for a moment. And it's like, what the fuck? It looked so yeah. reckless. Like, goddamn, oh, those 50s filmmakers must have had, like, no safety precautions at all. There was no, like, <laughs> standard to make sure everyone's okay. It looked so oh, dangerous. Man
0: yeah holy shit i can't imagine doing that movie. <laughs> like with, hey all right sign the contract to be in this movie um we're we're gonna have craft services that's gonna be there it's like great awesome you're gonna be on a crew with uh, about 150 people you're not claustrophobic right no nope, no nope, that shouldn't be an issue great we're gonna set you on fire is that cool <laughs> huh
1: it's I'd literally, like, that. a dozen people in, like, a boxed-in set and yeah. just, like, a flamethrower going off and lighting everything on fire. It's like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh, my God. Were they okay? Like, what happened here?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I was thinking the whole time. Like, what someone got, got on? <laughs> <laughs> so that's oh, probably man. my favorite moment. That looked so dangerous. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, my God. This movie is just so fun. I just... I had a great time with this. What would you give this out of like 10 stars if you were to rank it?
1: Well, I'm trying to rank everything (laughs) 10 out of 10, as you know. (laughs) (laughs) I give this a 10 because (laughs) of the level of risk taken in lighting everybody on fire (laughs) was just a commitment (laughs) to the craft. Um, Also for... The really cool uh, torn-off arm prosthetic—I give yeah. it points for that. I think that was awesome. That was actually really oh, cool-looking yeah. and, and cleverly done. You can kind of that imagine really like cool. that. It, there's someone under that table, obviously moving the severed arm, but still, it looked really cool and creepy. Yeah, I mean,
0: hey, like with those practical effects, I actually—we'll get into the the differences between the 1982 and the 2011 in terms of effects, but. Man, I love the 1980s effects in horror movies, and I love before that, too, because, I mean, they had to do it, like, practically, and it looks great.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, no, the, the effects in the original are, are really good, yeah. especially for the time. And, I mean, like, yeah, they don't look the most realistic, but, I mean, sometimes that's scarier because...
1: It seems just a little look, off.
0: It seems off, and, like, in the 1982, which we'll get to in a minute, but... They look really gross. Like they look gross. They they almost look like a like a like why are you afraid why are people afraid of spiders, you know? Right. Because they're they're gross looking, they, they, they look off, they don't they don't function like a regular type of thing. Like they, they they're crawling, they have weird legs and stuff like that. Too and many they, eyes. Too many eyes. Fuck's sake. I'm getting creeped out again talking about this. <laughs> this movie fucks with me, man. The whole like the spider scene. We'll get to that in a second, but yeah, man. But yeah, know, you it, can't see me right now, but my feet are off the ground. Like I am not, <laughs> I am not putting them on the floor. I do not need a fucking spider crawling up me and turning into me in a second
1: here. No, but yeah. In all oh, seriousness, I, I'd give I'd give the thing from Another World like a solid seven, like a high seven. Yeah,
0: I would give it a ten. Um, <laughs> I'd give it like a seven as well, a solid seven, maybe even the seven and a half, somewhere in that range between seven, seven and a half, because it is, it is a really solid movie. And, uh, I would recommend it to people who like horror movies and maybe aren't the most, um, maybe aren't the most familiar with older horror movies, like kind of like myself, you know, like I love horror movies. I'm not like, um, I I don't think I'm on your level of where I've seen so many of them, but I do really, really enjoy them. uh, I'm glad I got to watch this one because this is like a nice uh, look into the past in mm-hmm. terms of horror movies. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this one.
1: Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to be rewatching it as soon as like the first snowstorm of the year. I'm going to pop it in because I just lo- I love the mood of it. I love the, the snow day mood.
0: Yeah, I'm going to watch this in between Elf and Fred Claus. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't sound too bad, you know, like Elf. You know, a nice Will Farrell comedy, then a thing from another world, you know? Yeah. And then Vince Vaughn as Santa Claus's brother. I
1: think that Sounds makes great. for a great comedy horror sandwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm actually excited for that now. Holy shit.
1: <laughs>
0: well, we've touched on I don't think we need to talk too much about the directing because we already we've acknowledged that we love John Carpenter. This is probably his I think it's his second best movie, and you would argue. I I, I feel like you could argue on a day mm-hmm. that this is his. That this is his best.
1: I flip flop all the time. Basically, like yeah. whichever one I saw most recently, I'm like. If I saw Halloween more recently, I'm like, yeah, Halloween's his best. If I saw The Thing more recently, I'm like, The Thing is best. So right now, I'm like, The Thing's his best.
0: <laughs> That's true. I would maybe say, I like Halloween more as a movie it's one of Mm. my favorite movies it's one of my favorite horror movies um but if we're talking in terms of filmmaking the thing is probably better well in terms of that i would say
1: yeah i I think there there's lots of similarities obviously because it's the same style 100 percent I think what's cool about both of the Halloween and the thing is they're both very much the horror comes from a sense of paranoia, right? Like, oh, yeah, where in Halloween, you feel like someone might be following you home Mm -hmm. and like watching you from around the corner in the thing. It's about like any one of these people could be a monster. Oh, yeah. So there's lots of kind of mood parallels between the thing and Halloween.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I I love that about the uh, of of John Carpenter. He's he's so good at doing just horror movies in general and making you feel paranoid. And yeah, no, it's just they're just awesome, awesome, awesome movies. This I forget how much I like this movie. You know, honestly, like I I've only this is the second time I've seen it. And my god, this is a really, really good movie. I was watching this with my dad last night, actually, because he hasn't seen it before. Really? Like he'd never seen it, so I was like, okay, we gotta check this one out. So we watched it and oh my god, I love this movie. It's so this much fun. Really good. Yeah. I you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't we start with what we didn't like? Because I have a I only have a few things that I didn't love. But there's not a lot to dig into that's that's problematic in this movie.
1: Yeah, I um I'm stumped <laughs> about what I did. You like.
0: would give this a ten out of ten, so it is. I hard. actually
1: would. I actually <laughs> would though.
0: Let's I... wait until we get to 2011, where you give that one a ten out of ten. So oh yeah,
1: boy, <laughs> 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 I'm cursed. You
0: you are cursed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you you start with uh, like what what didn't you like? Because I'm I'm having trouble thinking of something there.
0: It's not even stuff that I didn't like. It's just stuff maybe that I would have changed just mm. slightly or just slightly tweaked. There are just a few things, but honestly, it's it's a movie, too, where I feel like the more I watch it, the more I rewatch it, the more I love it, so... Right. I, I feel like one day I won't even give a fuck about these, but I have two things that I have maybe kind of issues with. Yeah, go ahead. One, there's so many characters in this movie, it's just hard to keep mm-hmm. track of. That's the issue I have with all of these movies. Like They have like 20 guys in this fucking thing, and it's like, could we maybe just have like 10 like, cause I feel like we could still get the, get the feel that, Hey, there's a lot of people here, but then it would be like, I don't know. It, it, I just feel like it would be more claustrophobic because there's, there's less people, but you're, you're not sure who to trust. There are less people to, to go to, to trust. Right. So I don't know. And then also I get, I would just know who the fuck they're talking about. Cause at one part they're like, Hey, watch Clark. And I'm like, great. Which one is Clark again?
1: Clark was um, the guy who loves the dogs. He was like that's the silent right. kind of like weirdo. I like Yeah, <laughs> He was. That's the
0: thing. Because I heard that. And I was like, okay, which one is he again? And then I was like, is it him? And I was like, nope, that's Windows. Okay. And I was like, I know who Childs is. Because that's Keith David. And I know yes. who McCready is. Because that's Kurt Russell. But I was. I just got a little lost when they would use like character names. And I'm like, who the fuck is who? You know? So that's that's my one gripe. The other gripe is it maybe could have been maybe, like, five or ten minutes shorter, in my opinion. But, honestly, Mm. it does a really good job building the tension. So, at the end of it, I don't even really give a fuck. This movie is a masterpiece, though, and I'm not taking anything away from that. And, like I said, I feel like I'll I'll grow to appreciate those more and more.
1: Well, you've kind of gotten me to think, though. Like, um... I also get that. Like, I've seen this a few times now, but whenever they're all in their parkas, I can't tell them apart. Yeah, they're all just covered in like winter gear. Exactly. Um, but also, do you think that maybe that's what Carpenter wanted? Because he wanted you maybe. to be like, who is who? Like, like because you because you might that's true. That's the same place that like Kurt Russell's in, where like he he might not know the person he's talking to. It might be the thing.
0: That's true. I mean, like that's the thing too. I feel like if you get to know the characters too well and then all of a sudden one scene they're not acting like themselves, mm-hmm. then it's like, hmm. This is the guy. You know, this is the this is the the, the monster. Thing. Yeah.
1: I will say though, the ending is so out of nowhere. Every time I watch it, if I had one gripe, it's that it's just like it just ends.
0: Yeah, I feel like the ending is trying to make you think, like, "Hey, is he the is he the thing now, or is he right. not?" You know, and they have to kind of wait it out, and you don't know where it's going to go from there. Which I like that, but
1: I like that too.
0: It does seem a little bit like, hmm, you know, I, <laughs> like, I
1: find like just like the the blowing up of the creature was a little bit where he's like, "Hey, fuck you too." Like, I like that line a lot, <laughs> and he throws the grenade, but also, like, I. I Every time I see it, I'm like, that's it though? You just have to throw a grenade at it?
0: Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I, I like in the movie that it that it just kinda ends. I like I like in horror movies where they just kinda end, but at the same time, I don't like that I, I never know how they figured out what the fuck to do after that. Like you I love it I love in I love that in horror movies they just they kill the guy and then you never see them explaining. To the police, what happened? You know, you ever notice that? Like they they can't do that in this one, obviously, because they're in Antarctica. But like, just in regular horror movies, you never see the scene where it's like, so what happened here? Like this is a fucking massacre. It's like, oh, well, the killer came in, he murdered everybody, and then, oh, it was my sister, it was the killer, and then I killed her, and yeah, it's like the police are not looking at them like you're fucking crazy. Yeah, what's going on? You just never see that scene.
1: And and it's like almost, officer. Yeah. It was a ghost. It came out of the yeah. television. <laughs> exactly.
0: I actually have an idea for a sketch where it's like a guy comes to class and he has like a note from a from a like he has a doctor's note, but it's not from a doctor. It's from like a priest. And the teacher's like, "Well, why weren't you here all week?" It's like, "Oh, I, I was possessed. Like I was I was genuinely possessed." And it's like, "Okay, very funny." It's like, "No, no, 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 no." Like the priest, like he he he's written the note. He said I was possessed. He had to perform the exorcism and everything. And it's like
1: it's in are latin but i can me? translate it for you <laughs> exactly
0: and it's like are you fucking with me right now i was like no seriously i was possessed i was like I, a demon was in my body you look know? at the I don't burned remember. cross
1: on my back
0: <laughs> exactly oh man That'd be funny. but yeah i just you never see them explaining themselves no and it's just yeah i don't know it, it, i get why they don't do it but it almost seems like i'd like to see a movie try to explain it sometimes how could
1: and, you reasonably do that yeah
0: exactly right when it
1: comes to this ending i always it's always such a bummer because it's almost like it doesn't matter if one of them's the thing you know and it's kind of like they're gonna die anyways out here because whether one of them is a monster or not they're just gonna freeze to death yeah it's always kind of like damn like (laughs) nothing matters out here
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know it's still it's still a great movie despite that the ending that's really the issue let's talk about the effects real quick
1: yeah, do you have a favorite uh prosthetic in this?
0: Oh, it's a spider. It's the, the spider, spider head. head. <laughs> oh, the spider head. Because that one scares the fucking shit out of me. It's so that tricky. one when I first saw it, I was like, oh my god. I this this is the one when I think about it, I get freaked out. Like Again, it's two in the afternoon and I'm freaked out thinking about this fucking prosthetic. It's really, really bothersome isn't the right word but it's bothersome you know like it it, like it bothers me it's so freaky it is it's really really scary and i just don't like it i don't like that it sticks its tongue out and like drags itself across the floor (laughs) and then grows legs it's freaky and yeah no this movie just i don't know man the dog in this movie too oh yeah beginning oh man that was gonna be my go-to Yeah, let's talk about the opening just very quickly, because yeah. we were talking about that. Um, the opening of this movie, I, I always love the opening, because you see a dog being chased by a helicopter, and they're mm-hmm. shooting at it, and your first thought is, like, why are they trying to kill a dog? Like, what's wrong with them? Like, why? Why would you try to kill a dog, ever? Right,
1: yeah, you're like, something's fishy here.
0: Something's fishy here, yeah, and then and that's, you're kind of putting the mindset of, like, the people at the camp, where they're like, Why? Why are they trying to shoot a dog? Like, what's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. And then you find out why they were trying to kill the dog, and you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's that's pretty reasonable why they wanted to kill the dog, and now they have to suffer the consequences." So, yeah, that's what I that's that's what I like about this movie too is that the, you can totally understand why they came into contact with this alien because it was it looked like a dog. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you?
1: That's the scariest thing about it is that it can disguise itself as something non-threatening. Mm-hmm. One thing that, like, this is one of my favorite experiences watching the thing. I, I watched it with my girlfriend and she had never seen anything. Like, she knew nothing about this series. Uh, yeah. And so we started with the 1951 version. And then yeah. we went into the John Carpenter one. And so she goes into that thinking, okay, it's a vegetable monster. It's just like a alien, right? And so the dog thing, like, because, like, we're movie fans. We already know this. But, like, to her, it's like, why are they trying to kill this dog? Like, it's just a dog. Like, yeah. and when the dog walks into the kennel and the other dogs are scared of it, and then its face peels back, that reveal, like, that yeah. got her so good. She was like, oh, my God, what the hell? Like, it was, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was so cool that that was still so effective and at no point was she like oh this is gonna be some weird special effect like the dog's gonna turn into a monster like at no point did she think that it was just like a complete shocker i think that just goes to show how well this movie holds up to this day to a modern audience exactly
0: yeah no that's the thing that i like about this movie too because like They keep showing shots of the dog, but you're not really thinking like, oh, that's the enemy. You're thinking, what has this dog gone through? Mm -hmm. You know, so you're on the dog's side in a way. Yeah. that that is a fucking dog. It's like, you care about the dog. I But mean, it's who true, doesn't? yeah. It is. You, you feel bad for the dog, and then you see it, and you're like, oh, that's the monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. That Yeah, that it peels its face back and kills all these other dogs, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And the thing is, too, I don't... The thing that I like about this movie is I don't really understand how it works exactly. Like, how does it infect people?
1: Yeah, is it just any kind of contact? Is it blood? Does it have to eat and absorb you? It's Exactly. It's, yeah. it's a mystery to us and to the to the team. And so we're we're all watching it, including yeah. them, including the cast of like, who is it? Like who could have gotten infected? How does this work?
0: Exactly. I didn't ask you a second ago, what's your favorite prosthetic in this movie?
1: I think it's that dog.
0: Oh the dog. Yeah. That that was that was another one that I really like. I just love how it looks. It reminded me of like Jumanji in a way, like the plants in Jumanji when they like open up.
1: Yeah, cuz it's this, this mixture like, yeah. of like an an animal and a flower cuz it's it's it kind of peels back like a flower head opening. It's so mm-hmm. creepy.
0: Oh yeah, no. 100%. This is this is one of the greatest. I think the three horror movies with the best practical effects. I think are this movie, The Fly, and American Werewolf in London. Yeah. I think those are the three. I really wanted to watch American Werewolf in London last night, but I didn't get a chance to, but I'm going to watch that very soon. Oh my God, such a good movie. Those three, I watched The Fly recently and oh my God, like the effects in that one are incredible, but I got to tell you the the effects in this one might be just a little bit better. They're pretty on par with each other, but...
1: Yeah, I think the difference between this and The Fly is, like, what impresses me about The Fly is that they can get these layers on Jeff Goldblum and he can still be really expressive, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's so hard to do with layers of makeup to act through, I'm sure. I, I don't oh, need yeah. to tell you, but the, the thing... <laughs> yeah,
0: Because I played Shrek once? <laughs> exactly,
1: though. <laughs> but, like, imagine trying to be as expressive as Jeff Goldblum in The Fly <laughs> yeah. with that level of makeup on. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but the thing is more like the puppetry of it all, and like how uh, watching the 100%. behind the watching the behind the scenes, like just that dog scene, for example, the kennel scene. There's probably like five different, completely different puppets, but stitched together in editing, it looks like it's all one piece. But at no point, exactly. if you look closely, do you see like the one you don't. You never see the whole thing, but you get yeah. the impression of the whole thing. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, too. I think the thing that makes American Werewolf so special is that it has such a cool transformation scene. Yes. And I feel like this movie is like, this is like, you get like three for one, you know? (laughs) Three for the price of one. Like, American Werewolf in London. Maybe the best transformation scene of anything ever. Mm -hmm. But... How many does it really have? And I'm not shitting on American Werewolf in London, because I love that movie, and it's fantastic. But no, this yeah. this one...
1: And they knocked it out of the park with their one transformation scene, which is oh, yeah. hard enough.
0: Hard enough, exactly. And I mean, like, the, the other thing is, too, like, that the whole movie is based on one transformation. It's based on a guy becoming a werewolf. Like, that's really all it's focused on. But this, this is focused on something very different, because it's focused on something that can, can become anything, Mm-hmm. So this has a lot more that it has to accomplish, and it does that really, really well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, they're both equal in that right, because <laughs> I just, I just don't want people to think that I'm hating on American Werewolf because I love American werewolf. No. Like that one, you have to become a very specific thing, but this one has to create something totally unique and different. So they gotta make a spider head, they gotta make, you know, a of a belly that can eat your hands or some shit. Like, you gotta do a, a plant dog um, from Jumanji, you know? Yeah. There's so much in this movie that they, they have to think of and create, like, well, what what could we do here to make this interesting? And then they had to do the transformations. It's like the best effects in The Fly and American Werewolf in London combined times right. 10. Like, that's what this movie feels like. Yeah. And yes, they're, they're, they don't hold up, like, Here's, I think that they hold up incredibly well. Um, they're not the most realistic looking, but I mean, I gotta be honest with you, I prefer seeing practical effects any day. Yeah. Compared to, you know, like CGI.
1: Yeah, I think, I think for the most part, they all hold up except for, um, That when they do the blood test, right, and the one guy, I think it was Windows, he picks up one of the characters by the face, and like you see in the background, he's like, it's basically like a dummy being hurled around. I thought that was kind of like I was like, eh, that's that's weak. Oh,
0: is that is that Windows? Yeah, that scene. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, that part, yeah, I will say in that same scene, um, you know, Kurt Russell's holding the little blood thing. Oh yeah, and then the the like monster pops out of his hand basically, like from, yeah, from his like palm. the blood
0: kind of like explodes and creates like a little like reaction, that yeah, kind of thing, yeah.
1: So this I didn't know till last night, but that his for that entire scene they've got Kurt Russell shot from like here, right? So you can't see the lower half of his hand. That whole hand yeah. is prosthetic for every oh, shot. Fuck. Yeah, and so that way, like, it's seamless and your brain doesn't notice that there's going to be an effect shot. So when it does happen, you're not even thinking that it's special effects. It's brilliant. Like, wow, like how how strong is that? That like I had to look up some behind the scenes shit to figure out that that was fake. It was a human hand in the foreground.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So I I have a feeling there's a lot of other examples like that in this movie where we don't even notice it's special effects because it's so well integrated.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to rewatch that scene now just because i want to know like i just want to see that part Um,
1: yeah if you look for it maybe you can like you might be able to kind of tell that the details are a little off but still sure yeah you have to know that information to be able to tell is
0: oh One of my favorite
1: one of my favorite examples of of using special effects so well that it just it blends into the movie where you're not even thinking about it
0: the effects in this movie are ridiculous and okay let's talk about like the tension in this movie too that that scene that you just brought up it makes me just think about tension just in general because that is the most tense scene in a movie where they're just you know for those of you who who haven't seen it i mean you should probably stop listening and just go fucking watch the movie because it's it's, it's incredible Mm -hmm. but um if you have seen it it's the scene where they're trying to figure out who's who and who's who's uh an alien and who's you know still human and they're putting blood into like what is it like just little like kind of containers and whatnot yeah
1: a little like a petri dish or something i guess yeah like a little petri dish
0: that's what it was and um yeah they're just kind of putting like hot metal in it too that's what it is right hot yeah like a hot hot wire hot wire yeah just to see like how it um how it reacts and that scene is so tense because you're like oh my god is that gonna be like is this gonna be it like who who's the who is it and you're trying to like think like before it happens like who's, who's which one who's, is who's it who which one is it and then when it gets to the person you're like oh my god i did not know that you know yeah it's a shocking shocking movie so
1: what's a lot of fun too is actually there are hints to who it is in that scene uh but oh, it's really yeah. subtle uh they yeah. use they use a lighting technique where oh really for everyone who isn't the imposter um they use like an eye light so that you can see like the light there's like a reflection of the light from their eyes Mm -hmm. and so there's like a little glint in their eyes um but for the guy who is the imposter there's no eye light and it's just kind of like his his eyes are shadowy oh wow and that's it it's just like a little subtle thing that like you only really notice on rewatches but it's it's so clever it's so so brilliant and yeah, I don't know if they do that again throughout the movie. I don't think so, but in that scene specifically, they do hint at who the thing is.
0: Yeah, that scene. Oh man, I need to rewatch that scene again. Holy shit, such a good movie, man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so glad we watched this one for this because this is one of the best, one of the best horror movies ever made. But like, I like sci-fi horror movies, and I'm not like, I don't know. It, it's something I always forget how much I enjoy sci-fi horror movies. You yeah. Know? Because it is really like its own subgenre of, of horror movies, like a science fiction themed horror film.
1: You mm-hmm. know, it's it, not
0: really like a slasher. There's something not really supernatural either. It's it's y and interesting in that way.
1: Yeah, I think, I think one of my favorites in recent years, have you seen Annihilation?
0: Annihilation. Yes, I have. That is a good one. I think Natalie a, Portman. Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think that's a great pairing with the thing because it's also about like shape shifting, becoming something else. But oh, yeah, it kind of leans into the philosophy a bit more of like d- d- what if you're different on the inside? Have you, are you really changed? Can you be the same person? So it kind of it kind of ties into like a theme of like trauma and, and like emotional changes as well as yeah. like physical, uh, you know alien type of changes so oh, i think i think that's a great pairing of the that thing and annihilation pairing.
0: that is a really good pairing i need to check that one out again i like to make like lists of like i like to look at years in movies i was i was literally doing it before this podcast um where i just look through the movies that came out in a certain year and mm-hmm. i like to make like a top 10 list of, like my favorite movies that came out that year and every time i look at 2018 annihilation is like it's on the list. Like so it has to be. It's such a good movie. I love Tessa Thompson as well, and Jennifer Jason Leigh. Gina Rodriguez is really good in that movie too. So,
1: yeah, yeah. And That's- who? And who's
0: the guy named Oscar Isaac, right? Yeah,
1: Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah. It's honestly, it's such a shame that movie didn't do that well because I loved it so much.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing people not really love it, and I was, and then I saw it, and I was like, oh, let's let's see, let's see. I I, I went into it thinking it's going to be like a real pretentious movie, but oh man, like, it flies by. It's really, really, really good.
1: That kind of relates to The Thing, because when that came out, I don't know if you looked up any of the reviews from that era, but I I was reading like a Robert, or yeah, Roger Ebert one, and uh, he hated it. The Thing? Yeah, and there was a bunch of reviews from that era where people were like, oh, it's just a gross-out horror movie. Like, there's nothing to it. It's just like, it, it, basically like kind of the way how people look at like torture movies sometimes now. Yeah. And it, a lot of the reviews are just like so down on it. And this movie actually didn't do that well either, which is yeah, that's such a surprise because it's that become a such a classic.
0: It, yeah, it is. This is a, this is like, this is one of the greatest horror movies ever. And it's amazing when these horror movies don't do very well when they first come out or just movies in general that don't do very well when they come out because like, Man, like, uh, there, there are going to be so many movies that come out in, like, now that don't do well, that in the future will probably be, like, cult classics. And it's really interesting. Like, what was mm-hmm. that one? Mother? Mother with Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, yeah. The Darren Aronofsky, Aronofsky one? Never seen it, but I heard some people loved it and some people absolutely fucking hated it. And it did so poorly that at the razzies it was like nominated for like the worst movie of the year and jennifer lawrence was nominated for like worst actress and shit like that javier bardem i think was nominated for like worst supporting actor wow. and I think even aronofsky was nominated for worst director but here's the thing back in 1980 you know it was nominated for worst director and worst actress who the shining
1: oh okay yeah see so it Yeah, sometimes movies need some time to settle in culturally. Exactly. I just find
0: that interesting that this one didn't do well either, the the thing. Because, I mean, what the fuck? It's so good. It's it's one of the best. The Shining is one of my favorites, too. I can't believe that that ever got any negative reviews. I
1: mean... It's a masterpiece. It is.
0: Yeah, I feel like that
1: happens, too, a lot with horror because... Everyone has their own kind of taste for what scares them and what's effective with horror. And so something that like maybe current audiences might look at or contemporary audiences from when the thing came out, they might look at it as like, well, this isn't this isn't the way horror should be. But then years go by and we're like, actually, this is still very scary. Oh, yeah.
0: Are there any movies that have come out in recent years that you are like that one should be respected way more? Annihilation. Besides Annihilation, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true.
1: That one, um, Mandy, was really good. I think it did get good reviews, but I don't see enough people like talking about it still today. I'm not sure if you saw that.
0: I did see that one. I'm. I. I didn't love it. I thought it was a little Fair. too slow, but I I I'm willing to give it another shot, you know. Like cuz maybe it was one where I just didn't know what I was in for, you know.
1: I, I absolutely love it in the same way I love Suspiria with like just the lighting and and the nightmare sure, mood yeah. of it all. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't rewatched it since it came out. I do have the Blu-ray though, so I should rewatch that. But yeah, I love that one.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's when I I, I want to check that one out again because that one was uh that was one that I, I I don't know if I really knew what I was getting into. I, I, I think it was yeah, just that's slower fair. than I thought it would be. So I will check that out again. I do love seeing Nicolas Cage do a really good job in terms of like, uh, you know, like when he's in a movie and, he, and he's actually awesome. You know, yeah. I love that. I love when that happens.
1: Oh, he's so good. Um, do you have any that didn't do as well as you think they should have?
0: I'm trying to think of of some. Um, I feel like the ones that I I think didn't do as well as maybe they should have. They did well critically, but not a lot of people saw them. You know, the Mm. ones I'm thinking of are like the S. Craig Zoller movies that have have actually done well, but nobody's ever seen them. I'm talking about like Brawl and Cell Block 99 with Vince Vaughn and like Bone Tomahawk is one that's that's good. But like, I mean, a few years ago, that was Kurt Russell's highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes so it's not really so much that it's it's not critically well received it's just I, I don't think anybody's really seen it
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: that's a guy I'd like to do on the podcast S. Craig Zoller maybe we'll take a look at him in season 2 but um he's only got 3 movies so he'd be an easy guy to do but we should definitely do him because he's, he's phenomenal
1: yeah I haven't um, seen any of his work so you're, you've got a point there
0: you you're gonna see uh two of them when we do vince vaughn so that's gonna be that's gonna be good yeah Uh, he gets good performances out of vince vaughn i mean he's a great actor but like this guy gets gets good stuff out of prince vince so uh (laughs) excited for (laughs) excited for that um i'm trying to think though of movies that didn't do well that 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 should be better recognized you know it's a really good horror movie that didn't do great or or, i shouldn't even say that it didn't do great because i think it did okay but just nobody talks about it is body bags which is like an anthology Mm. horror movie that um it's a horror comedy anthology and i think it was for like hbo it was like a television movie right and it was it was directed by toby hooper and john carpenter oh wow and it had three stories in it, and one of them was one of them starred um, Robert Carradine, but it also had Sam Raimi and Wes Craven in it. So that's one that's one thing right there. Hmm. The second one was uh, Stacy Stacy Keach was in it, and he got like a hair transplant, and it was really fucking like weird. And I think Debbie Harry was in that one too. I'm reading the the Wikipedia synopsis right now, and then the third one was about an eye transplant. and That one starred Mark Hamill whoa it's 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 such a good movie that sounds it's awesome like, i'm
1: gonna write that down right now i'm gonna watch that this this halloween season all right well how about we shift gears back to the thing do you have any like final kind of favorite aspects about it that we haven't brought up yet
0: hmm oh the theme oh yeah the, the thing man with john carpenter and this and his themes if we're, if we're doing like a side-by-side comparison with halloween Super, super simple. This one's even more simple than Halloween. And I mean, Halloween is pretty, pretty simple, you know? Yeah. But this one is literally just bump, bump. Yeah. Bump, bump the whole time. That's, it never really gets more, gets much bigger than that. But that's kind of what I love about it is that it's just, it's very, very chill, you know? Yeah, it's very it, like.
1: It's a freaky kind of little heartbeat tension feeling. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting story actually about the score. It was actually done by Ennio Morricone initially. Oh, yes. But Carpenter like cut it up and bent it around, I, from what I understand, and like oh, really? only used little pieces of it. Um, and actually, well, some of the remaining parts of what was left was actually used in Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Oh, the music, Yeah, the music you're hearing in the Hateful Eight is actually was intended for the thing.
0: Oh, dude, that's so cool.
1: Yeah, but that just goes to show too how different uh, the initial score was until John Carpenter got his hands on it and he went super minimal with it. So even though it was done by Morricone, it's also very much a John Carpenter joint.
0: Yeah, I love the Hateful Eight soundtrack. Oh,
1: wow, yeah, you actually have it. That's awesome. I have
0: it, yeah, I just pulled it out. Um... You know what would be fun?
1: It'd be fun to try and edit like that score into the thing.
0: You know what? Honestly, I could see the opening of the Hateful Eight being in the thing because the opening of the Hateful Eight is like, it's something like that. And it's really, it's scary. It's, it's actually very scary and it gets you in the mood. And that's the thing during the Hateful Eight when I was watching it that made me laugh. It had this really, really, really intense music like soundtrack, and then, um, and then on the screen it says starring like Kurt Russell and Samuel L. Jackson. It goes through everybody's name, and then it says and Channing Tatum, and you're like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Magic Mike's in this? What?
1: Yeah. But
0: yeah, no, this is that is that's really interesting that he just. Totally was like, eh, I don't need that. And then Tarantino was like, I'll take it, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like
1: 30 years later, Tarantino was like, Oh yes, please. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh my God, I yeah. love that. That's that's awesome. I love, um, how do you pronounce his name again? Ennio?
1: Ennio Morricone, I think.
0: Morricone, yeah, that guy, he's he's one of the greatest. Or yeah. he was one of the greatest.
1: Yeah, I think he just passed away. But my, my, my did, routine yeah. throughout my undergrad was like, when I was writing last minute, essays for school. I'd stay up all night listening to Ennio Morricone and like I'd always play um, Ecstasy of Gold once once I finished and it was like it's like this big triumphant like trumpet song by Morricone and so when I was done I'd listen to just him while I was writing and then when I was done like walking back from the library at like 4am or something I'd always play that <laughs> in my he- earbuds. It was, it's like oh, shit. It, it's just yeah he, he makes for such great great moods. Oh, yeah. That's what I, I, I got to
0: listen to some of his music because I do listen to a little bit of instrumental when I um do work. Yeah. But the ones that I go to are like I listen to Muse, mm. like the band Muse, yeah. which is which is great. You know, I'll listen to like Newborn, which is like maybe the, the most badass song ever. <laughs> um, and it's also in a horror movie and is really, really, really cool. Um, it was in this movie High Tension. From like 2003, this French horror movie, and it is fucking brutal. It is so so brutal. It's the guy. I think it's the guy who directed Piranha 3D. But like you know, (laughs) you know how violent it is. But
1: um...
0: (laughs) and then the other thing I listened to is I listened to the Uncut Gems soundtrack.
1: Yeah, that's a good one too.
0: Because that is that the Ballad of Howie Blaine at the very beginning. Oh my god, one of the greatest, one of my favorite songs ever. So I'll definitely give uh, Ecstasy of Gold. Yeah, listen because yeah good to bad and the ugly huh yeah oh man
1: it's so yeah i can't wait um yeah if i had one more thing that i wanted to bring up uh other than the music because yeah i wanted to talk about that too uh i love one thing i didn't really notice in previous rewatches but i was just kind of looking for things this time Uh, i love how blue the movie is it's very vibrant
0: Yeah, no, the colors in this movie are really, really, really nice. I was watching the Blu-ray last night, and just the opening shot of, like, it's like a mountain, and it's just, you know, a bunch of snow and whatnot, but it looks gorgeous. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, no, and even when, like, the lights aren't, like, really on, like, there's there's this one scene where Kurt Russell's, like, in the dark. It's before they find him, Mm -hmm. and he's like, hey, guys, back off, and he, like, threatens to burn everybody, or he has, like, dynamite. You remember that scene, where he's holding dynamite? That scene where he's in the dark and you see, like, his his beard is frozen and he's just standing there and he's, you know, alone. That's one of the my favorite shots just because it looks so almost lifeless, but it looks yeah. so gorgeous and beautiful. Just, yeah, it,
1: it's such a cool balance in the movie where, like, the colors are very vibrant, but it doesn't – it still feels very cold, right? Like, yeah. Like, some of my favorite shots are that one you just mentioned and also – a lot of the ones where they're outside with the flares. I like that because it's the majority of the light is blue, but then you have like these dancing red lights kind of around everybody. And I think that just looks so cool. And it's a really great way to keep the mood cold and bleak, but still have an extremely dynamic color sense throughout. Yeah. I I, I just love that about it. That's probably one of my recent like favorite Things to pay attention to in that movie
0: oh yeah no the the colors in this movie are fantastic it's hard to find gripes about this movie like i said i mean like maybe it's a little long and um too many characters in it but like i mean honestly that's not it's not the biggest problem in a movie you know if that's that's the only issue that's that's pretty pretty reasonably small issue to be yeah. completely honest you know any oh issues... it's five minutes too long okay yeah. all right who cares
1: any issues i had with it are, are really I, I am reaching for for criticism because i don't think i would change anything really i think it's it's great the way it is
0: oh yeah no 100 percent. it's uh it's it's a really 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 good movie this if i was making like a top three of like the John Carpenter movies I like the most this would be this would be number 2 easily mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind it would be like it would be Halloween number 1 this number 2 maybe like they live at number 3 or something mm. I don't know I haven't seen I haven't seen enough of his stuff I'm realizing I haven't actually seen a ton of his movies Yeah but, same but he's great we should do a podcast on him he'd be great
1: He would be yeah that'd be awesome yeah.
0: All righty should we move on to 2011
1: Yeah yeah, the 2011 the thing. Um good try, guys. I have a few big gripes with it. Yeah, Since we were just I will talk- say yeah.
0: I'm glad it's not a remake. It's just a prequel.
1: Yes and which no. I'm
0: which I'm happy with.
1: I think that it is a prequel. It is yeah. a prequel for sure, but they want it both ways cuz they remake a lot of the scenes. They redid exactly. the autopsy. They yep. redid um that moment where they're like, well, they redid the test, but this time it's teeth. Yeah. They redid. Which the, doesn't
0: work as well, but we'll get to that in a minute.
1: Yeah. They redid the moment where they first like burn one of the creatures and they're all standing around like it could be any of us. That was like practically shot for shot, word for yeah. word, like remade. Um, yeah. The thing that just really bums me out about this is they've got all these modern, all this modern tech, modern cameras but it feels so drab. Like we were just talking about how vibrant the colors are in the original. And Mm -hmm. this one is just completely like gray. Yep. It's hard to look at.
0: Yeah. And it looks too clean in a way. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's the thing I don't like about, um, some modern day horror movies especially remakes that's what i didn't like about nightmare on elm street it looks so clean i'm like why does it look so fucking clean this should look dirty yeah it looks like no one's ever lived here yeah looks like it's brand new like what's going on everybody's so attractive what's going on
1: yeah
0: i don't like that i don't like when everybody looks so attractive
1: i need some uggos in my horror movies
0: <laughs> yeah i need some fugly looking people jesus christ where's windows come on guys yeah let's get, let's get some unattractive people in here my god
1: why but yeah. do we all
0: have 2020 vision let's get some glasses going guys Come
1: on. oh <laughs> these flawless flawless yeah. people stupid sexy is this an
0: acting set or is this a bunch of models my god like what's going on guys
1: yeah, That's what I, I don't
0: like, you know, <laughs> I definitely
1: yeah, I wasn't I wasn't digging it. I think even just the idea of the prequel to the the more it kept going, the more I was kind of like, I kind of like the mystery of the first one.
0: That's the thing I realized about halfway through this. I was like, you know, what made this so cool is that you didn't know where this come, came from. I will say it's nice that you really don't know where this came from in this either. But at the same time, that just makes this movie pointless. Cause it's like, well, what's the point if you're not going to explain Yeah, the movie? Like we were talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that franchise before we got on here. And mm-hmm. we were talking about the movie Leatherface, which is basically setting up Leatherface. Like it's setting up his origin, you know? Yeah. And it makes sense. Cause it's like, this is where he started out. This is how he became Leatherface. This is how he became the killer. But like in this movie it's like okay we're gonna do a prequel to the thing so it's like we're gonna learn where the thing came from and in this movie we have a bunch of characters who don't know where the thing came from and they never find out so it's like
1: well yeah they you just go- see
0: it exercising its powers before it gets to the people in the 1982
1: basically all, all they yeah. do is they go through like painful effort to explain why the nordic camp looked the way it looked at the beginning of the thing yeah When the whole point of that was to kind of evoke a sense of like, oh, what are they dealing with? You know, but with this prequel, it, it, it kind of undercuts the whole first half hour of John Carpenter's the thing. Cause the whole time, like, I know what happened. I know that I know where that, that ax came from. I know why there's an ax in the door. Like,
0: I almost wonder if this 2011 movie would have been better. as just like a 15 minute short. Cause I feel like that mm. could have been cool. If it was just like a 15 minute short and it was just like, Just, like, one scene where, like, they're discovering it and, like, I don't know, it could have been, like, a cool, like, thing. I mean, it would have been pointless to make, but, like, then again, this whole hour and 43-minute movie was pointless to make. So, like, who gives a fuck, you know? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I will say there is one part of this movie I really did enjoy. Mm. But it didn't. It still didn't really live up to it the way that I wanted it to. And I knew it was going to happen the entire movie, and I was looking forward to it. And I was a little let down because they did it in a kind of a choppy way, but, like, whatever. It's during the end credits where they're basically setting up the whole dog being chased out of the camp, you know? Right. Because the movie is so unnecessary and so pointless, and I didn't really <laughs> dig it. I didn't hate it.
1: No, I no, I agree. It's not, like, offensively bad.
0: No, and I don't dislike this movie, and I don't think it's, like... I don't think it undercuts the original that badly or that much. I mean, I think the original is a classic and I think it's I don't think you can really ruin it because Mm. it's that good. But watching this movie, I'm like, I'm at least excited just to see how they set up the very end of this movie of like the guy shooting at the dog that I was looking forward to. And I did like that. It's I, I don't know why I have a soft spot for like title sequences or like credit scenes where like. They intercut, like, the credits with a scene happening. So it's, like, somebody, like, they say two lines, and it says, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And it continues, and it's, like, Eric Christian Olsen. And I I like that. So that's what they did in the end credits. And then you see the guy getting in the helicopter, and he's, like, oh, that's no dog. We got to kill it. And they're playing the theme from the original. That I liked. But... Was it worth sitting through an hour and a half before that scene? And does that
1: scene do anything other than just reference? Oh, no, it doesn't do.
0: It does absolutely nothing. (laughs) But I mean, if you're going to make a prequel, eh, I mean, that's probably the best thing you're going to get out of it. But it's pretty unnecessary. That's how I would describe this movie. The best scenes in it are unnecessary and pointless.
1: Yeah, I think. If I had to reach for one thing that I did think was pretty cool was that there's two different languages on the camp. And so, like, that's an interesting way to deal with paranoia is that, you know, the American characters don't know what the Norwegian or whatever they are. Norwegian characters are saying, right? So I thought that was, like, clever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I,
0: I, I, would argue that they don't use that to its full no. ability. Yeah,
1: yeah, not enough. Which that. is an issue.
0: Not enough. They, I, I think honestly, like, that's a really cool idea. But like, I wasn't thinking about that until you said <laughs> it. So I think you're, I think in a way, you might be giving it more credit than it deserves because I don't think Probably. the movie thought that hard about about what it was doing. But
1: yeah,
0: it's fair though. It's fair.
1: Uh, that could have been clever maybe i should say
0: it could have been cle- no 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 no, no. It, it definitely could have been clever but yeah no this yeah. is uh
1: can uh, we talk about how fucking stupid the monster looked at the end with a human ass face like it looked i laughed so hard like it- i'm
0: not going to lie i was a little i was a little unnerved by it but it's mainly because it looked so dumb <laughs> you know like i kind thought of it was hilarious I thought it was hilarious, too. The face on it just looked very unimpressed. Like, he didn't look scary or anything. <laughs> he just looked unimpressed.
1: It's like this monster body and just, like, a normal human face just in the middle of it. And yeah. it's like, hey, guys, I'm yeah. also here.
0: <laughs> the guy, honestly, he looked like he had a face that said, like, guys, who farted. Like, that's, that's <laughs> the look on his face. The look on his face was somebody farted can we just not do that again guys come on like that's what it looked like to me and i didn't like that i was like this is stupid why why the fuck are is that your face the who farted face yeah in a horror movie
1: (laughs) in general like special effects looked really bad and I, i i saw um they marketed this and set it up to be like a return to practical effects. And at the last, and they had built all these really great prosthetics and, and Mm -hmm. puppets and stuff. And at the very last second, I think it was a producer or something was like, no, it looks too retro. And at the last second, they had to make a bunch of shit CGI and like the uh, CGI artists, like I'm sure they put a lot of hard work into this, but it shows that there was not enough time to replace all these effects. And it looks like a PS2 video game.
0: Yeah. I don't think the visual effects look like I don't think they're not the worst I've ever seen but they're not great. They don't and that's actually an issue too is that they're not even they're not even so horrible that they stand out. They're just very very bland mm-hmm. and very boring and very whatever and I feel bad that that's that's what happened though because I mean like it did, uh, uh, this movie probably been would have been cooler if um if it was just practical effects.
1: Yeah, or that like sucks. a mixture. Like yeah. they use some practical and some CG like that Evil Dead remake.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that's that's a good example of it, but fuck, man, like that that really sucks.
1: It's like so uninteresting to look at. It's just these kind of like mm-hmm. it, everything feels kind of liquidy, you know? And not, yeah. not in a gross way, just in, like, a, this is a liquid simulation on my computer. Yeah. I was trying
0: to think of a way that I could recommend this movie because I feel like, I'm not going to lie, I feel like people could get a kick out of this movie in the right at the right point in time. You know, like, sometimes maybe there's, like, a Friday night and you're with some friends and maybe you're drunk and you want to put something on in the background, but you don't really want to pay attention to it. I feel like this would be the perfect movie to do that with. But at the same time, I mean, why don't you just do that with the original? You yeah, know?
1: that's a great background movie, like especially if that's you're with your friends, because like you know, exactly. Well, when there's a cool special effect, you can all be like, "Oh wow, that's uh, look at that. That's look at that little thing. Yeah. That, that detail, or like that. That looks really cool. Isn't that gross? Like, and then you know, <laughs> go back to talking and drinking when that scene's over. Yeah,
0: like. and that's the thing too is that like. I don't know, like, I, I was thinking, like, well, would this one be easier to access? No! Honestly, this one is actually a pretty hard movie to find, because people have forgotten about it so quickly. Yeah. The 1982 one is a lot easier to find. This one, this one I bought the Blu-ray for, because I, fu- I saw it at Sunrise for, like, $12, and I thought, well, might as well. Yeah. And it's kind of a waste, but, uh, whatever. I, I, I would watch this again, but, like... You know, there, there. They have to. I don't know what the right time to watch this movie again what would, would be. It would be. It would be. It would. Be, it would be this. It would be watching all the <laughs> thing movies. That yeah. would be. That would be it. Which I will probably do again because I did really enjoy this. But this is easily the worst one. Yeah. This is. This is and it's not even. I will say that though. Th- this franchise. I don't think there's a terrible movie in the franchise. I wouldn't even say that this movie, this twenty eleven reboot or prequel or whatever you want to call it, remake slash prequel, whatever. I don't think it's terrible. I don't even think it's really bad. I just think it's very, very mediocre and very, very forgettable.
1: Yeah, which which a movie that's supposed to tie into John Carpenter's classic should not be. That's like offensive. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> you know what I find weird about this this franchise too, though, is that they've never really like. They never really went anywhere else with it, you know. Yeah. Like, why don't Why don't we do this movie, but like in a different setting? Like, why are we always bringing it back to Antarctica? Like the first two, I'm like, yeah. Like the first one is set there in Alaska, or wherever the fuck, or the North Pole.
1: Right. Um,
0: and then this, then the second one with Carpenter, that one makes sense because, like, you know, it's it's fucking. I'm not going to question Carpenter. Yeah, he's it's a remake, a so at. it's a remake, so yeah. But this one, I'm like, it, I, I don't know. It, it just it just seems like remaking like a like a superhero character, but always going back to the original mm-hmm. like idea. Like we like I, I remember seeing a video. I think it was on like TikTok, and somebody's like, "Why is why is Batman always fucking Bruce Wayne? Like, why don't we ever do anything different with it? Like, why don't we ever add up add up." adapt the um i'm not pronouncing it correctly adapt to the batman beyond one i'm like well, why don't we do that with this movie why 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 is this always have to be in antarctica why can't this spread to like new york or something and become a bigger thing yeah or it won't be as good as the original but like no, but
1: it might be new there might be some might creative be ideas yeah i mean there's there's
0: directions you can go with this but this one this this is i had the same issue with this movie that you had with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake of it just mm. seems like a retrack of the original. Oh, and this yeah. This is like, this is just, well, this literally, honestly, I think this one might be even worse because I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just did not enjoy watching this all that much because I, I'm like, I just fucking watched this, you know? Like, I yeah. just saw it done better. Yeah. Two minutes ago when I watched. Like 1982's The Thing.
1: Yeah, the only, the absolute only way I could recommend this is if if someone saw John Carpenter's The Thing and wanted, like, was obsessed with the lore. There's a lot of lore. You see the spaceship. You see the inside of the spaceship, and it just looks like some ship from Man of Steel. It's so uninspired. Yeah. Like, it it looks like any typical alien. But if you really want to know about the lore, you can see that. Can I just say, like, what... Why is the spaceship so bland like I was hoping if we saw the inside of the spaceship it'd be like imagine if it was like some kind of organic like living thing you know what I mean yeah how like every aspect of this creature can split off and live as its own thing why Mm -hmm. why can't you do that with like maybe some of the parts of the inside of the spaceship why can't you make it like gross and like alive. Yeah, instead of just like to, like kryptonite, like like a, they're on Krypton in the opening of Man of Steel. That's how I felt.
0: <laughs> exactly. I feel like you need a good body horror director for these types of movies. You know mm-hmm. who I think? I'm I I am so grateful John Carpenter did the original. Like I'm so grateful. Yeah. But let's say maybe there was a sequel in like '87. Okay. To the thing, and John Carpenter was like, "I'm busy. I'm I'm making Prince of Darkness or They Live or whatever the fuck." And he's like, I don't really want to do that. But hey, anybody else can make it if they want. I would have been very curious to see David Cronenberg do something with this material. Yeah. Because I feel like he could have done something different. Like Maybe, I don't know. Like I said, like maybe this could spread to like New York or something like that. And this could be in a different city or in a bigger place of some kind. Or Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's just in a different setting. Maybe it's the cabin in the woods or some shit where this is happening or just something different.
1: Go the opposite. Um, Make it a desert. Like
0: make it a desert. Anything, um, yeah. And I do actually have a movie that I will recommend in a second here. That that is a much better 2011 The Thing, but it's not The Thing at all, basically. Mm. But that would just be really cool though if if a body horror director took on something like that. Um, the movie Life with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Have you seen that?
1: No, I saw the trailer and it looked to me just kind of like alien but a little different it's kind of like that it's a fun it's a fun horror
0: movie it's Mm -hmm. a fun sci-fi horror movie and they're in outer space and they come across this like alien creature that's kind of like it doesn't infect them it doesn't imitate them it just kind of kills them okay but like it is kind of a it is kind of creepy it's a little it's a little jarring and um if if you really want to see the thing from 2011 i would just watch that it's it doesn't have any of the imitation but it has it's a it's a much better movie overall and it's much more memorable so Hmm. check out that one
1: yeah on that note i would also recommend annihilation as like a more modern take on the thing
0: that's a much better one too yeah watch Um, okay do this watch watch 1982's the thing okay watch the thing from another world yes read the novella watch annihilation Watch Life yeah. from 2017. Watch Uncut Gems. <laughs> watch Parasite. Watch Ford v. Ferrari.
1: Congratulations. I'm going to be here for a while.
0: I'm going to be here for a while. About 300 movies later. Hmm, I've got nothing else to watch. I really liked The Thing from 1982. Watch it again.
1: Yeah, Don't don't I, touch I, I this ju- one. Don't touch 2011. I, yeah.
0: And then you and then you just watch 1982, and you're like, "Man, I really want to see that again. Watch it again. Yeah, watch it eight times. And when you start to get sick of it, which you won't, <laughs> so keep watching it. There's really no excuse to watch this 2011 remake.
1: Yeah, how? So? I'm
0: trying to I'm trying to find a reason for people to watch it, but there really is no reason. No. Yeah.
1: So where would you rank this among the, all the remakes? that we've seen so far, how would you rank them? Um, cause we saw we next week's, um, we'll save, we'll save next week's for last. We can place them in our rankings. How about that?
0: Oh, okay. Like um, we'll rank it next week.
1: Yeah. But like our rankings so far,
0: our ranking so far. Okay. We're talking about Halloween next week. So we'll leave the remake and stuff off of that. Um, this one, Oh, this is easily the the worst. So, of so the remakes
1: so what what's your best because we've got we've got uh we started nightmare then we did yeah. evil, evil dead. dead suspiria the thing 2011
0: okay i would say i'm just gonna rank them straight up like i'm just gonna okay. rank the yeah. remakes okay from the i'm top. gonna count i'm gonna count 1982s the thing as well because that is a remake so oh, yeah you're right you're might right as well so okay number five the thing 2011 easily just not very good but not bad that's, that's mm. the thing that's nice. I, I haven't hated any of the remakes so far. Just wait for next week, but I haven't hated any of them so far. Yeah, I agree. Number four, I would say Nightmare on Elm Street remake. You know, not very good, but I, I, I'm i entertained by it. I can throw it on the background. I, I don't mind watching it, but it's not great. And, it, and it, I would never argue that it's one of the best horror movies or best remakes ever. I would never, ever, ever argue that. It is closer to the worst than the best, but I, I, I have a kick out of it. Number three, Suspiria. I actually really liked that. Suspiria was really good. Um, I just don't know if I would go back to it that often. Number mm. two, Evil Dead, love that remake, fantastic. And then number one, the thing 1982 is fucking incredible. So yeah, easily the best remake.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that list a lot. I would change a couple. I think Okay,
0: what would you what would you what would yours
1: be? I think I enjoyed this only slightly more than the Nightmare remake. Really? Okay. If I had to choose between the two to rewatch one, I think I would still go with this thing remake. Sure. Okay. Just because, like, aliens are cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Um, you don't
0: get pervert Freddy Krueger. You just get aliens. Which yeah, is exactly. In some cases, better. So um, so
1: the worst fair. so far for me was was that Nightmare remake. Then the, the thing 2011. Yep. Um, and then... It might be recency bias, but I I did like Suspiria, the Suspiria remake, I think more than the Evil Dead one. And I I hope to rewatch it again soon. I'm sure you will. You gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it is a 10 (sighs) out of 10. (laughs) Um, So that one I would, so I'd go then Evil Dead as my number. Mm -hmm. Three. Three. Then Suspiria. And then like you, John Carpenter's the thing number one. That's a good list.
0: Yeah. I I I I feel that I agree with that list. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think also the Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's just because it's how long is that? Is it ninety minutes long?
1: Yeah, it's pretty, It's it's not very long.
0: Yeah, I think that's the other reason too. Because I know it's a ten minute difference, but also it's a ten minute difference. Yeah, when so. it's bad
1: movies, that makes a big difference. No bad yeah. movie is short enough. Yeah,
0: and like here is the thing too: is that. The Nightmare on Elm Street is a bad movie that I get some kicks out of, but the mm. thing is is very mediocre. So I can't even say it's bad. It's just so boring.
1: That's fair. That I have an issue with it. That's fair. You might have and swayed get, me, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's true. Because um, there's
1: nothing, like, entertainingly bad about it.
0: Exactly. Like, that's the issue with, like... Remember we did the Adam Sandler podcast and we're like, man, these movies suck. But then we watched Kirsten Dunst and we're like, well, her bad movies are boring as fuck. So, right, you know, what's worse, right?
1: A boring movie uh-huh. or just like a bad movie that you can laugh at.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I, also, though, I do agree with the the um, Suspiria and Evil Dead. I think Suspiria is probably a better movie, but I, I just enjoy Evil Dead more um
1: yeah that's true evil dead won't leave you with like a few days to really think over your life <laughs> yeah it's not gonna ruin
0: your ruin your week like yeah Suspiria kind of did Sus- Suspiria kind of messed with me a little bit um a little too much
1: but that's fair
0: know. yeah <laughs> but hey I still liked I I really did like Suspiria that movie grew on me a lot thinking about it and if I were to make a list, which I probably will at some point soon, make a list of the best horror movies of the last decade, Suspiria would definitely be a contender. It might even be on it, but it would definitely be up there because it is a really good movie uh, just in general. So, yeah, no, I, I like that movie.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was just curious how, how – because, yeah, the thing that got me thinking about um these remakes and sort of – Oh. Yeah. I, I knew it fell kind of on the lower end for me too. So I'm glad we're on the same yeah. page there. I'm trying to
0: think where I would place the originals on a list.
1: That's, of, that's tough.
0: That's tough. Where would you? What would your ranking be?
1: I think, uh, see, because we've got two of my favorite John Carpenter movies up there. Right. <laughs> and I always flip-flop on them. I think at the moment, the thing I would put at number one, because like I said, whichever mm-hmm. one I saw more recently, I'm always like, I'm always yeah. all fired up about. So, so Halloween
0: would be number two. Yeah. And then, and then what would be two? under that?
1: And then under that, I would put Suspiria, Dario Argento's Suspiria. Okay. Um, under that, uh, and now it's between Nightmare and uh, Evil Dead. Nightmare and Evil Dead. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think I would put Nightmare over Evil Dead just because I, w- I would rather rewatch the first Nightmare than the first Evil Dead. If it was a mm-hmm. competition with Evil Dead 2, then yeah. it'd be a different story, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Evil Dead would, might be the weakest.
0: Evil Dead 2, would you put that above Suspiria?
1: Ooh, I think so. I think yeah. so.
0: That's true. Would you put that above The Thing?
1: No, not quite.
0: Really? Not quite. Okay. What about Halloween?
1: Also no. Those two are like okay. masterpieces to Those me. Those two
0: are masterpieces. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. I would do. I would do my favorite, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Second favorite, The Thing. Which is actually surprising to me because for, like, last night I was thinking about this and I said Nightmare and then The Thing, but I think I like The Thing more. Mm. So then I would say Nightmare, then I would say The Evil Dead, and then number five I would say Suspiria, but Suspiria I still really liked. Um,
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Even my number five, like, even though I put Evil Dead, it's a strong five.
0: Oh, yeah, no, 100%. It's one of those lists where it's, like, even the worst is still really, really, really yeah. good, you know? It's like it's like uh, when we were talking about Adam Sandler and I said um, Punch Drunk Love is my least favorite PTA movie. And, like, I love that movie. Yeah. You know?
1: All of like, these are quality. It's just kind of – it comes down to, I guess, rewatchability maybe.
0: Yeah, it just comes down to which one you would – like, if you could only choose four, which one would you – sadly leave behind you yeah know?
1: exactly and with me
0: it would be Suspiria and with you it would be Evil Dead probably but yeah let's I not talk about leaving behind these no, movies because they are really all. good I love them all right <laughs> it's like saying like what kid do you like the least it's like well what the fuck I can't say that <laughs> <laughs> But yeah well hey Suspiria is a pain in the ass sometimes so anyway that's that's kind of it
1: <laughs> no that's fair that's fair yeah. it's a little brat yeah <laughs> Oh man! But Yeah, is there is there anything left? Yeah. Any final um, thoughts on this thing remake?
0: Honestly, it's just I'm disappointed too because Joel Edgerton, he kind of looks like a young Kurt Russell at the right angle, and it could have been it could have been cool, but yeah, oh. I don't know why I don't know why I thought that was that was something that that <laughs> gave the movie potential. Oh, well, they got a guy who looked like young Kurt Russell, so maybe it'll be all right. But like, I don't know. I think I think it just went into it thinking like Joel Edgerton's at least going to be badass in this movie. And then he totally wasn't. And you're like, oh, well.
1: Yeah, he got very little to do.
0: He got very little to do. Mary Elizabeth.
1: <laughs> OK,
0: what's with Mary Elizabeth Weinstead in this movie being like, burn it. Do you, ever, <laughs> you notice that when she was screaming? She would she would do like the deepest voice ever she'd be like <laughs> fucking burn it, it was like, tough. i, I
1: kind of like that yeah i didn't know she had that register i was like wow that's really cool you're yeah. badass
0: <laughs> yeah right oh my god Alrighty. Um, well that kind of do you have anything else to say
1: no that's about it like uh, there's there's few redeeming things about this i kind of i kind of wish it didn't exist but i'm glad people have kind of forgotten about it too oh yeah no me too i i <sighs> Like just watch the original. Just this.
0: Yeah, just watch the original. There's really no point to watch this reboot. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of interested to read up on the the reboot or the the prequel, just because I'm like, why was this made? Like, why? But
1: yeah, it sounds like the the people yeah. making it just really wanted to explain the mystery of the original, which is like, did you miss? like that that was kind of the point like even right down to the end of the movie it's left up to be a mystery like it's like you don't know the answers and they don't matter
0: yeah it's just (laughs) really 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 pointless um yeah yeah Alrighty, well let's get into a more fun topic and let's talk about the best horror movie remakes of all time this will be like our, our our favorite kind of thing yes that we do for this episode um we could have done, like, a top three list each, I'm sure, but... Um, yeah, because there, there
1: are surprisingly a lot of good ones.
0: Yeah, there's about probably, I think, ten in general, and we're not counting the thing because it, it's a given. That's probably the best horror movie remake ever made, so... Yeah, it's... Let's talk it's, about our, our second favorites.
1: Yeah, it's right up there. Oh, yeah, Um 100%. Do you want to take the honorable mentions, Matt?
0: Yeah, I will. I'll read them. Um, I, like, I like a lot of these. I haven't seen one of these... And that is Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 78, but I've heard it's really, really, really good. So I just wanted to include that in there just so, um, you know, just just to give it some some un- honorable mention. I, I do really want to check that one out. I love Donald Sutherland, so mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to check that one out. Next, we got um, Evil Dead from 2013. We've talked about that one. We love it. Yeah. Uh, I got Dawn of the Dead from 2004. That's a great one. Zack Snyder before Man of Steel and 300. That's a really good one. It's um, solid, yeah. Very solid. Very nice. Also, Ty Burrell is in that movie, and he plays like an asshole. And it's just really funny to see him now, after <laughs> doing like ten or twelve years of like Modern Family, playing right. like a lovable goofy dad, and he's just a dick in this movie. You're yeah. Like, the, fuck? Um, the Crazies from twenty ten with Timothy Olyphant. That's actually a really good one. I haven't seen the original George A. Romero, but um i did really like the remake
1: yeah uh, i didn't see the remake like so i need to give that I, a watch. i'd
0: recommend it it's a really good one uh the ring um i might like this more than ringu i i've only seen like the first 30 minutes of ringu but i i think i like this one a bit more um it's pretty good i've never been a huge fan of the ring but i but i do like it you know mm-hmm. um i i'm just I'm, I'm not what i mean by that is i'm not a diehard ring fan but i do i do like the movie um yeah, I don't, I, I always, I'm always nervous I make it sound like I hate these movies, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm really not, I'm just saying like, oh, I'm not the hugest fan of it, I just, you know, like, it's good, I just don't, I'm, I'm not in love with it, like everybody else
1: is. We are movie lovers, not movie haters, everyone.
0: Exactly, yeah. Hey, I love 2011 The Thing, alright? There, there, I love everything. <laughs> 10 out of 10, I'm becoming you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We got Fright Night from 2011. That's a really good one. Colin Farrell, Hmm. Anton Yelkin. That's a good one. Tony Collette's in that one, too. Amazing. Uh, Very, very fun remake. Mick Lovins in that, too, for some reason. (laughs) I don't know why, but what can you do child's play from 2019 was actually one that i was surprisingly like i really really dug that movie mark hamill voices chucky that's a good one and i'd I'd recommend checking it out i believe it's on amazon prime so
1: this one i really want to see i i kind of ignored it until you said it was really good i didn't even know aubrey plaza was in it which sounds perfect yeah
0: and brian tyree henry's in that one as well um and he's amazing this one, I honestly might like more than the original. I, I need to see the original again, but I think I, I just enjoyed this one a, a little bit more. Wow. Um. And then the final honorable mention. This one is not the most respected movie, but it is one that I really enjoy because it is the most... Um, honest and the most true adaptation to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and this one is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein starring Kenneth Branagh and Robert De Niro
1: yeah and Kenneth Branagh is like like sexy Frankenstein he's not just you know he's not just a scientist he's like he's he's, he's beautiful too
0: oh yeah <laughs> Greg and Matt um, he he's
1: really yeah he's he's
0: beautiful yeah and Robert De Niro is, is really good in this movie I just I'm just glad that there's an adaptation of Frankenstein where he's not a dum dum, you know, where he's not mm. just like a a brainless idiot, like in the original novel, he's very intelligent, the creature is extremely intelligent, so I'm glad that this one actually shows that, yeah um which i'm which I'm happy about um, I'm happy that there's an adaptation, yeah, it's not the best, but I mean, fuck like. I think I think what the issue with this movie is that he maybe bit off more than he could chew. So mm. I I have respect for it, and I I if you really like the novel and you're disappointed that they've kind of butchered it, maybe give this one a shot. Maybe you'll enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I totally I, I second everything you said about that because I also I didn't quite appreciate it until we had to read it for for university, and then I was like, oh okay, this is actually really solid.
0: They yeah. did their best. They did their best. They. they I think it's it's at least... It's not the best Frankenstein movie, but it is the most true to the original. Mm-hmm. And I, for that, I can respect it.
1: Alrighty. All right. So my favorite remake might be recency bias, but I just can't get this movie out of my head. And that's always a good sign when it comes to a movie, especially a horror movie. I think my favorite remake right now is uh, Suspiria, Luca Guadagnino's remake. That is... Wow. so powerful it, it ups everything that made the original good and like manages to improve on a lot yeah. of it but it also in a lot of ways doesn't undo the original because they feel like such different movies so it's like you can appreciate both for opposite reasons and I, I think that's that's what makes a remake special is when they're able to turn it into their own movie and it, it doesn't doesn't take anything away from the original it doesn't uh go and like a direction that doesn't make any sense everything is yeah. just it feels like it belongs there alongside the original suspiria yeah
0: i i can appreciate that one being your favorite that's an honorable mention in the best for me um i i left it out obviously because it's your favorite but um I do really like this movie, and yeah, it's grown on me the more and more that I've thought about it. It's a really, really great remake. I think I would enjoy this one a second time, because I think I just, I wanted something very specific from the movie when I first saw it. Right. And when I didn't get that, I was disappointed, but now I kind of understand what I'm in for seeing that, so I'd love to check it out again. Um, Amazon Prime. Uh, Great one. Would you say this is you said your favorite this is your favorite remake do you mean favorite horror movie remake oh yeah yeah horror movie remake it's probably up there with your favorite remakes though ever i think
1: so though yeah now that you mention it it might be i mean
0: how many great remakes are there like realistically
1: yeah you know this is the only other
0: the only other one that i can think of that i would that i maybe should have put in the honorable mentions as well i don't know if it quite counts as a horror movie remake but cape fear is a great one as well with Scorsese and uh, De Niro. That's a really good one. Um, If you count that as a horror, I'd say it's more of a thriller, but I I could see the argument of it being a horror movie, Mm. so, you know, we'll we'll throw that in there as well. Um, Yeah. My favorite horror movie remake is The Fly, directed by David Cronenberg. This is a fantastic one. I'm really happy I got to take this one for my favorite. I'm glad that you're in love with Suspiria, so I could grab this one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I I really dig this movie. I just saw it the other day, and it holds up really, really well. Looks fantastic. Practical effects are fantastic. Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum are perfectly cast. I love it. Uh this movie's fantastic. So yeah, this definitely check this one out if you haven't seen it. This
1: one's it. right up there with the Suspiria remake. I probably I probably do. I I would rather watch The Fly than the Suspiria remake. I think The Fly is is it might be Cronenberg's masterpiece it's so good
0: yeah I think it's his best movie probably for sure I'm trying to think of his best movies I really dug the brood and I really Mm -hmm. liked history of violence and uh, existence oh we said that at the same time (laughs) that's a good one with Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee holy shit Uh, and Videodrome is good too I need to check that one out again But he's done a lot of great stuff Dead Ringers as well Scanners, tons of great stuff from that guy but The One Fly
1: the, is really special.
0: The Fly is really special. I'm proud uh, David Cronenberg is a Canadian.
1: Yes, very proud to be Canadian. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Halcon Scareathon. Come back next week for our finale where we're talking about John Carpenter's Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> i'm excited for that episode but until then you can find us and all our relevant social media links at HallConMedia.com. that's h-a-l-l-k-o-n.com follow us on instagram greg and matt movie chat for regular updates and discussions with matt himself get involved follow us there uh we're on twitter as well Hulkon Media on twitter and check us out on youtube Hulkon Media. All of those relevant links are on our website, halkonmedia.com. Be sure to check it out. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Basically, just about all your favorite podcasting services. We're on Pocket Cast. We're on Amazon. So be sure to check all those out. And yeah, stay tuned. Stay spooky, everyone.
0: Stay spooky. (laughs)